This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So we are launching a brand new series today. It's a two-week series. Uh, So we'll be talking this week and next week, and we're talking about worship. It's going to be a worship series. So we're diving into this idea and concept of worship. And so today is going to be pretty, like, foundational for what we talk about next week, okay? So today I'm kind of setting the stage for where we're going next week. But I want to start off by talking about myself because (laughs) I'm a pretty unique person if I do say so myself. I've always been a little bit different, you know? And a lot of you guys who know me, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's a nice way to put it, right? Um, I've always been a little different. So in elementary school, um, <laughs> I don't know, it's this weird thing. In elementary school, I had like a lazy eye for some reason. So like I would watch TV like this. You know, I don't know why that happened. But as a result, I wore like these super thick Coke bottle glasses, you know, like, like that looked like I, was, I had binoculars taped to my face all day, every day, right? And so I'm a little kid like that. And if that wasn't enough... I wore denim for days, like denim on denim on denim on denim on denim, okay? It sounded like, uh, what, Mario, denim, 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 like Mario Brothers, okay? That was me. I had like these, you know, Jordache jeans. You guys remember Jordache jeans in the late 80s, early 90s? And like, it was before they sold joggers, so you like pinch it, and then you fold it, and then you fold it up to create like a taper, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I, see, y'all were, yeah, y'all were hip, y'all know what's up. So I had these denim, like stonewashed denim jeans, and then I had this like, denim jacket to match my denim jeans, and as if that wasn't enough denim, then my parents would put me in like a denim button-up shirt under my denim jacket with my denim jeans, with my binocular glasses, okay? And if that doesn't top it off, I had a flat top. You guys know what a flat top is? It's like, like a box head. And if that doesn't top it off, I had a rat tail to the beginning, to the middle of my back. Are you getting a picture of the little boy that I was? Obsessed with Ninja Turtles, looking for shins to kick at all times, right? In my denim, denim, denim. It was, it was interesting. So that, that was me as an elementary school person, but I, I mainly blame that on my parents because they had the most to do with that. Um, so I'm a little bitter at them. But, and then in middle school, this, this is very telling. Middle school was my most normal phase of life. I was the most normal in middle school, which middle school is when everyone loses their brain and no one is normal. That's when I fit in the most in my life. Seriously, like I had the most friends. I was the most popular in middle school. So that tells you exactly kind of, you know, where I'm going, where where I'm coming from, because everybody's nuts in middle school. And then I was kind of like, that was my, my normalizing. I was like, hey, these people are like me. This is great, right? And then I got to high school. In high school, I was, I was an interesting mixed bag of, of things. You know, I was really into music. Um, I played music. I was in bands and, and things like that. But then I was really into like art and movies and, and, and video and all that sort of thing. But then I was also like super into sports and playing sports and like playing, you know, basketball and football and running track and all. Like I was super into that. But then I was also like super into skateboarding and like hung out with all the stoners and went to like fish concerts and things, you know, like I was super into that stuff, but then I was super into sports, but then I was like super into punk rock too, which is odd and strange and a little alarming. And then I was like super into God and church too, like all at the same time. And so it was like 
all this. I was like the only dude on the football team that had like a pink mohawk and earrings, right? I was like one of those guys, and everybody's like, what is this guy doing here, you know, like how lame. But I was like, I don't know, I'm crazy. Middle school was normal for me, you know. And um, so I guess unique is probably sugarcoating it a, a little bit. Um, but as I look around the auditorium, though, and I see all of, all of you guys, you know, I think of all the people in my life, everybody's unique, right? Everybody's a little bit different. Everyone's a little odd. Uh, everyone's got their own little quirks and their own little things or whatever. I mean, no two of us are the same. None of us. I mean, even just looking around the room, no two of us are the same. I mean, Tim and Becca are like tied for the best hair couple, and their hair looks similar, but it's not the same, right? No, no two of I mean, look at their hair. Come on, how does that, what, what, yeah, there you go. Like, what water are they drinking, and where do I get some? Um, but everybody's unique, right? No people, no two people are the same. Some of us like to curl up with a good book and a quiet night in our pajamas, and it's just, you know, sip on our, like, super special whatever, I don't even know the word for it, coffee, like the, what, what, what's like the premium coffee is, I don't know, the, the, the bougie coffee, I don't know what you call it, I don't even drink coffee, it tastes like burnt water, but you like to cuddle up with a book and like that's your idea of like, <sighs> perfection, right? And then other of us are like, I want 30 people in my one bedroom apartment to watch the playoffs and it's going to be incredible. And it's like, yeah, and it's just like chaos and nonstop. And some people, that's their like pleasure and their excitement and their, yes, this is, this is life. If they had to sit down with a book by themselves, they would probably cry, right? It would be a terrible, terrible, torturous experience for them. Or, you know, some of us, we love the arts and then others of us have just like no creative bone in our body. And we're like, it looks like a four-year-old painted that and that and everything in the DIA. I don't understand at all, right? <laughs> like some of us, that's, that's sort of our perspective. And some of us can look at paint splatters and be like, I get it. I see what they're saying. And uh, I don't know. But I mean, we're, we're all very, very different. We're all very, very unique. But it's because God has designed us that way. God has made each and every one of us different. And he's designed us with a unique design, and we all have a specific role to play in his grand story that he's telling, right? We all have a place in the body of Christ. We all have a place in God, but it's all very different and unique, and he's given us each specific gifts and talents and abilities to edify the body, but they're all very, very different. And even though we're all so very different, there's one thing about us all of us, that's exactly the same. There's one thing about us that's the same. We're all unique, we're all different, we're all quirky, whatever, but there's one thing about us that's the same. We all have varying gifts, but our purpose in life is the same. All of us. Our purpose in life is the same. See, I believe that we have been wired from the start to live lives of worship. I believe that every single one of us, know how, no matter how different we are, no matter what our Enneagram number is, no matter what our personality type is, no matter what our you know, bend in life is, no matter what, I believe that we were wired from the start to live lives of worship. That we were designed to live lives that are billboards for the greatness and glory of God. I believe that is our innate design, that we all share this design. What I'm saying is you are a worshiper, every single one of you, myself included. We are all worshipers. 
all of us. Despite your initial apprehension of saying, no, 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 Sam, no, I don't play music, I don't sing, I don't even like that part of church. Have you noticed I come in 20 minutes late because I don't even want to listen to the music? Like, that's not, I'm not a worshiper, that's not my thing at all. But listen, it's fact. It's fact. Every single one of us is a worshiper. You can't help but worship something. You can't help but worship something. It's the way that we're wired. It's the way that we're designed. It's, it's what we were made to do. Because here's the deal, worship is simply about value. Worship is our response to what we value most. Worship is our response to what we value most. So we all worship. We all respond to what we value most. Worship is saying that this person or this thing or this experience or whatever it is, this is what matters most to me. It's the thing that I put first. It's the thing that I put in the number one spot. It's the thing that is most special and most important to me. For you, maybe it might be a relationship. Maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or your children or your friends or whatever. Maybe a certain relationship is the absolute most important thing to you. You ascribe that the most worth. It has the highest priority in your life. It's the number one thing that is, is, is the most important in everything that you do. That is it. Maybe it's a dream. It might be a dream, like your music career. You know, you want to, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And that's your dream. And that's your number one priority or a sports career, right? I'm coaching a, uh, a, a, a sixth grade basketball team right now. Middle school boys basketball. And so our first day of practice, I was like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And every single one of them, a professional basketball player. I'm like, all right. Except for one of them. He said he wants to be an artist and that his grandma's making him play. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you for your candid honesty. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's like, I want to be an artist, but my grandma says I need more exercise. I'm like, okay. Cool. Glad you're on the team, man. Cool. Awesome. This will be fun. But maybe it's a dream like that. Maybe it's something extravagant that you worship, and you're like, oh, I got to chase that. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Or it might be a status. It might just simply be a status, you know, a social ranking, or keeping up with the Joneses, or having a better car than your neighbors, or having better grass than your neighbors, or, you know, you want to live in a specific zip code, or you want your kids to go to a specific school, or, you know, whatever. Maybe that's what's the most important thing, and everything else is filtered through that. Or it might be stuff, you know, might be a bigger, better, newer, shinier house or car or clothes or phones or TVs or, you know, boats or whatever toys and this, that, and the other that you want to have. But whatever it is that's most important to you, that's the number one thing that everything else sort of filters through, you guessed it. That's what you worship. That's what you give the most worth and priority to. And we're not just talking about the church world either. We're not just talking about worship in church. We're talking about worship is everywhere. Worship is everywhere. A lot of people, a lot of the purest forms of worship are found outside of the church walls. I've talked about this before, and, and I thought it was super interesting. Some of you were around when Michael Jackson was like in his heyday, right? And he was like touring the world. Others of you have only seen this on YouTube because you were still, you know, prenatal at that point. <laughs> But you, you've, you've seen the videos, right, where he's, like, touring in, like, Asia and, and Europe and all these different places, and people are, like, passing out and, like, weeping and crying, and doctors have to come, and it's just, like, this experience, and they're raising their hands, and they're closing their eyes, and they're singing, and, I mean, that's worship. 
that's worship. We see it at Coldplay concerts. I know if I went to a Coldplay concert and they start playing Fix You, tears are going to be flowing. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Snot the whole, oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen, okay? I have friends who have been, it happens. Rough, tough fishermen, hunters, and they're like, I was weeping. It was so powerful, right? We, we see this all the time. You see it at sports events, right? We see worship taking place in, Ryan! face paint and body paint. I'm still waiting for someone to come to church with body paint, like front row, J-E-S-U-S, <laughs> on their chests. I'll be like, all right, I love the enthusiasm, but I don't think that's what I meant. Okay, all right. You know, but I mean, we see this stuff, right? We see worship in some people's closets, right? I, I, admittedly, I have way too many pairs of shoes. It's a problem, right? But we see that in some people's closets. What's worse What's worth the most to them, they ascribe worth to that. They give their money to that. They give their time, effort, and their energy to that. I mean, a good tell of, of what it is that we worship, look at your bank statements. Because oftentimes we spend our money on the things that are the most important to us. Right? And so where is that going? Where's our money going? What's our time going? Look at your calendar. Look at all these things. Because the reality is this. Everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's the way that we're wired. We ascribe worth to things. But here's the deal. It's, it's more than that. We weren't just wired to worship anything. We weren't just designed to worship anything and everything, whatever we feel at the time, whatever trend is the hottest, whatever moment, whatever phase in life we're in. We weren't designed that way. Here's the deal. We were made for God. We were made to worship God. That was our design. That is our design. It's how we're wired. It's how we're crafted and created. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. It says this. Again, this is Paul writing. Uh, Paul's a first century church planter, right? He's responsible for writing a lot of the second half of your Bible. And he's writing to this church. The Colossians are the people. And he says this. He says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. And then check this, this part out. It says, all things were created by him and for him. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, if we were just reading this passage with Colossians and just kind of skimming through and reading our Bible plan and doing all this, we could potentially miss this nugget of truth right here in the middle of the passage. It says, all things were created by him and for him. You were created by God. You were designed by God. You were created for God. You were created by God and for God. You were created by God. Do you hear that? You were created for God. This idea, you were created by God. Listen, next time that you're being insecure, next time that you're thinking that you're not good enough, next time that you're cutting yourself down, next time that you're allowing anxiety and fear and, and, and this whole like self-not-good-enough mentality to take you over and to start dictating your actions and your feelings and your emotions and all this, you're doubting who you are, you're doubting you know, what you look like or what, what your purpose is and all this stuff. Listen, 
I want you to come back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 17, where it says, you were created by God. You were created by God. God crafted you. God created you, right? With your Coke bottle, binocular glasses, flat top, rat tail and all, right? You were created by God. That's powerful. That's foundational in this idea of worship and response to God. You were created by God. Not only were you created by God, you were created for God. God delights in you. God gets excited about you. God loves you. You. Uh, not me. He's not talking to me. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to each and every single person, myself included. You were created by God and you were created for God. And you know, we get to this age-old dilemma where it's like, well, why am I on this planet? What's life all about? What's the purpose of existence? Blah, 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 blah. And the answer, I believe the answer begins and ends with God. You were created by God and you were created for God. That's why you're here. You were created by God and you were created for God. So seek him with what he wants you to do with your life. Because that's why you're here. That's the whole idea. That's the whole purpose. It begins and ends with God. And so the series that we're in, this idea of so will I, is what we're calling this series, which is taken from the song that we sang right before I started talking. It's taken from these two passages of scripture. It's sort of the inspiration for this idea, for this, this song. And, and the first one is in Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, and it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of of his hands, day after day they they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. It's this idea that God is consistently and constantly revealing Himself to and through us, to and through nature around us. All of creation sings the praises of who God is because it was created by God and it was created for God, us included. And then it takes from uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 40, where Jesus is talking to these Pharisees, and he's like, yo, tell your disciples to shut up. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. He's saying, we are created to worship God. Everything that is created was created for God and by God. That's the idea. And so the bridge of this song, it says, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sum of all our praises still falls shy, then we'll sing again a hundred billion Times. Listen, the foundation for where we're going this week and next week is this. You were created to worship. You were designed to worship. I was designed to worship. We were designed to worship. Not only that, we were designed to worship God. We were made for God. We were made by God. And so the band's going to come up and sing that song again. And I want us to just ponder during that time. Ponder during that time these two things. Number one, 
I want you to evaluate what it is that you worship the most. Evaluate what it is that you worship the most. What holds the most value in your life? And think about it honestly. Because the fact that, you know, we're all here on a snow day in church, you know, our, our automatic response, oh, I, I worship God the most. But, but really think about it with your time, with your effort, with your energy, with your attention, with your finances, with your calendar, with your priorities. What is it that you worship the most? What holds the most value in your life? When it's time to make a big decision, what is the first and most important factor in making those decisions? And as they sing this next song, I want you guys to ponder that a little bit and think about that for a second. Say, okay, if I'm being really true to myself, this is what's calling the shots. And then the second thing I want you to, to sort of ponder and evaluate and sort of be introspective with is I want you to evaluate your response to God. Because maybe the first answer, maybe it is God, and that's awesome. But maybe it's not. And so then I want you to kind of think, okay, well then where does God fit in the mix of how my life is organized and how my thoughts are prioritized and how my actions and reactions sort of happen around me? Where does God fit in all of this? And not just lip service. Oh, well, God, you know, family's number one and God's number two. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. No, be real. Nobody's in your head. Nobody's in your thoughts. Be honest with yourself. Yeah, God's a thing I do on Sundays. It's not bad. It's pretty cool. Whatever. Oh, I never really thought much about God. I've been doing this thing on my own. And God's just kind of been like a thing out there. Not really, I don't know. Be honest with yourself. Because I, I would contest. I would, I would... I would challenge, I would implore you to explore this idea that's presented here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. That you were made for God and you were made by God. And if you're like lacking in life, you're lost in life, you're feeling defeated consistently in life, and you don't know where you're going, what you're doing, what's happening around you, you're just kind of there, I would challenge you that you've kind of maybe missed this piece you were created by God and you were created for God and you were designed to worship and you worship something and I would challenge and encourage you to make that something God because it's how we're wired in the most innermost parts of our being and you're not going to find fulfillment out of anything else you're not going to find that fulfillment anywhere else challenge you to evaluate what you worship most and evaluate your response to God. Where does it all kind of fit in there for you? And then next week, we're going to continue this discussion. We're going to talk about the power of worship and what it can do in our hearts and in our lives and in the lives around us when we live a life in response to God. So let's pray together. God, thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.